0: Welcome to the Book Hub, an online event space hosted by Luther Seminary. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Faith Lead Book Hub. These are free events for members of the Faith Lead Learning Lab community during which we hear from authors about their work and how it applies to the lives and ministry of church leaders. Today we are exploring Writing as Wonder, Slowing Down, Paying Heed, and Taking Notes, with poets Samuel Rayburg and Victor Klamoski. Both of these authors have served in church-related adult education on the graduate school level, and I encourage you to read their bios on the event page for details about retreats and consulting information.
1: Thank you Leanne and welcome everyone. We're delighted to be with you today uh, to uh, discuss writing as wonder. Our time revolves around this central proposition that writing as a practice can help us slow down, pay heed, and attend to the wonder that graces our lives. Whatever form of writing your practice takes, whatever uh, expression of calling and ministry you find yourselves engaged in, Victor and I are convinced that uh, the practice of writing can help you steal that sense of attention. We'd like to begin with a, a poem. A moment's grace. For a moment, I felt alive awakened to a mystery otherwise hidden by all that is not silence. For a moment, I trusted the holy, breathing warmly, softly, doubts lifting kindly, shadows yielding to dawn. Only a hint of fear remains, a lingering sense that this moment will fade, that I will too soon forget. So I scratch some lines, a slight remembrance, calling to my future self from the beauty of a moment's grace. Victor and I come to this topic of writing as spiritual practice with different backgrounds and different experiences, but we share a love for the process. So if you think about your own writing, how it takes shape in your lives, there may even be some chat uh, information about that already. Sermons, yes, poetry, uh, journaling, maybe it's newsletter articles or blogs as some people have mentioned. The process itself is what uh, leads us to a point of pause, leads us to a slowing down. Writing helps us downshift from the overstimulation and the fragmentation that tends to mitigate against the, uh, the sense of wonder we find in a moment's grace.
0: Welcome, and we put together a, a brief uh, set of objectives so you have some sense of where we're going to go today. Um, whatever expertise we have, it is of the experience that we have gained um, using the written word as a way to uh, both see and understand and enrich our inner journey. And so we're going to use examples for our own writing to illustrate uh, the nature of this important spiritual practice. And then um, we wanted to use this opportunity to engage you in a brief write, some brief writing exercises related to the topic. Uh, you, you don't have to show your work to anyone, but it is an opportunity for you to hear what we're saying and then have a chance to apply it. And so let's get to that activity. It'll happen in three segments, and this is the first part of it. Uh, think back over the past few weeks and call to mind something you encountered that sparked um, a sense of wonder or curiosity. Something that caused you to think, I want to recall this. I don't want to forget this. So for the next two minutes, just write a description of that moment. Uh, Don't don't pick up your pen. Once you start, uh, discontinue and uh, go for two minutes and I will call you back uh, after that. So one of the things you might have discovered as you're doing this (laughs) flash in time is wondering whether you really have something significant to recall or um, if you are using the right words or finding the right expressions uh, and that maybe you really don't like this thing called writing at all. These are just the various obstacles we tend to face in developing and sustaining a writing practice. It is the burden, the curse sometimes of our internal editors who are all, always judging the quality of our work. Writing as a practice is not about creating perfect first drafts or getting it exactly right. The practice is about getting us to slow down and pay attention to how the mystery of life and God's movement in that life is manifesting. Since
1: Victor and I have uh, proposed that writing affects us spiritually and helps us attend to the presence of God in this moment, that the process of giving ourselves over to that kind of attention and concrete practice does make a difference in our lives. We thought it might only be fair that we share a little bit from our our own body of writing about how that experience really takes shape. And as we tell our stories and as we share our writing, we can see a number of you are poets or practice in writing prose, um, we invite you to to think about how the themes relate to your own experience of the writing process. It's less about the form your writing takes in the end, uh, as Victor was saying about what what happens inside us when we compare to others. It's more about listening for what resonates with the moments that pull you in, that help you tap into that sense. Of wonder. For me right now, I notice this to be a season in which God is inviting me to better uh, patience and attention in the moment. Um, one of the primary lessons for me is about focusing on the thing that is immediately before me giving it my whole heart, my whole attention. And one of the most practical lessons that keeps that message coming back to me is the carpenter's rule of thirds. I'll tell you a little bit about that, but let me set the stage. Like many of us, I have more tasks on my list than I can fit into a given day and I am stuck in a chair too much. My head and my heart are just swamped with the ambiguities we face, the uncertainties, the pain and suffering and conflict in the world, and all of this stuff is just swirling in me. All of that stuff I carry into those moments when I'm trying to launch my daughter into college, when I'm trying to listen to someone deeply as a spiritual director, when I'm trying to solve a problem or attend to some project before me. I want to live with a heart and mind more attuned to the moment. I wanna live more patiently, more carefully, more gently in the world. And uh, the Carpenter's Rule of Thirds is is helping me uh, find a handle for that. The Rule of Thirds is this, when a carpenter goes about a project The ideal is to spend one third of your time preparing the project. So that's setting up the shop, arranging the materials, uh, planning out your steps. The central third of the work is the actual doing, that that is the window for the project itself. That's when you're making sawdust or wood chips or progress on whatever it is that you're building. The final third equally as important is clearing and resetting the workshop. And this rhythm together is, uh, is a wholeness that <laughs> differs greatly from my usual rhythm. Uh, um, if we had an hour, for example, we would understand the first third to be the 20 minutes of preparing, the second third to be the 20 minutes of working, and the third third to be the 20 minutes of resetting the shop. As I've been writing into this, what I've noticed is that I actually hold within myself a false and unrealistic expectation that I will consistently accomplish 75 minutes of work in any 60-minute window. So is it any surprise that I become frustrated when things don't go smoothly, that I carry a tension in my chest and clenched jaw when I'm I'm pretending I'm capable of the impossible. So surely the project reflects that in the end. I'm trying to use the writing process to back down into that more gentle and almost loving shop rhythm that um, is able to savor the work itself as part of being human, part of enjoying the gifts of God. So here's that lesson in poem form. Rule of thirds. Some folks swing a magnet over bench debris three inches deep, hoping to pull up a usable washer or screw. Their chisels are chipped and dull, pencils and rulers lost behind the workspace, band-aids piled nearby. Better carpenters work in equal thirds. First, preparing a workspace, then the project doing, lastly clearing and resetting the shop. There is sacrament in this way, and far less patching and sanding. Novices may protest the movements of this rule, less from some ideal than a wager, that convenience won't mean starting from scratch this time. As Victor and I talk about this writing process, the thing that comes back to me again and again is that I want to remember. And something like a chance to sit and reflect with an idea, to craft it eventually, revision after revision, uh, into something I can remember, it it helps the moment stay with me. It helps me remember that moment of grace and do something with the response I have to that invitation from the spirit. I do wonder what really helps us slow down and pay attention. And for me, as I've sat with that question, it it seems to revolve around two central ideas. The first that I need to moderate my expectations and the second that I need to trust the process. I really do have to come home to the idea that there are only 60 minutes in an hour. I I need to feel that in my body and act accordingly. Um, I need to have some moderated expectations about my writing as well. That the volume of my words won't won't ever be as many as I wish I could have accomplished. The quality of my words in every iteration will not be perfect. And most important for me, uh, I I need to moderate my expectation about how long it takes me to find my words. Um, There's a patience in that. And if I can adjust at the level of of, um, my, my expectations, it's a gentler beginning for me. The second piece is really about trusting the process. And this is where the image of a a wise old carpenter comes from me, that there is a rhythm to that work that is similar to our writing process. We're stepping into a river that's bigger than us. Can Can we work in a spirit of abundance and flow rather than some desire to control and create and manufacture? Can we use our words to follow where God is leading? Can we dare to, to just write like Victor was saying, to let that pen flow and see where it goes? I have continued exploring this kind of idea of uh, trusting the process. And it, it comes to me in another aspect of a, a project in that, in that moment when the still small voice in you says, slow down be careful and I don't know about you but very often I can stomp right past that voice and it costs me in the end. It, it costs me like the box of band-aids costs the uh, carpenter with the debris everywhere. Yeah. So this is level-ish. Level isn't ish any more than plum and square mean close enough. Level is sure foundation for any stone or wall to follow. From pyramids to condos, level holds the reference for any at the craft. In the moment when the bubble is just a titch off, what limps within me that I shrug and press on? What makes me concede to the next imperfection? Whether hurry, clumsy, or want of mindfulness. Every future cut will bear witness to this moment's choice. The line is not a suggestion. I wonder then what helps you get closer to your own sense of level, especially in the writing process. Maybe it's a little bit like the writer's rule of thirds, that You have one third of your time to set the space, prepare the environment so that you are bringing your most attentive self to the front. The second might be the prayerful reading or writing, whatever it is that is your work in that moment. And the third, resetting the space, blessing it, emptying it so that it's ready for you when you return. Before Victor takes up uh, some of his own writing practice, let's turn back a bit to the description you uh, you jotted down earlier. We're going to give you a few minutes, and we'd invite you to respond to at least one of these three questions in connection with that original moment of wonder. What's the gift? What might it be telling you? To what is your moment
0: of wonder pointing I love looking at some of the comments that you are you are offering, <clears throat> keying off of, of Sam's uh, own adventures in our carpentry and forest management and uh, Uh, living with the reality that an hour is indeed 60 minutes, not 75. Um, And so this practice that we are talking about and that we both love dearly has been one of the disciplined ways of trying to curb that that need to be busy and to rush about a task and to go on and to hope that you remember, um, hope that you will... Take a, uh, take a break at some point, breathe, and recall all that's passed before you.